0: Howdy, fat guy forum listeners before we get into this week's episode just a reminder that there is a great way for you to support the podcast and keep it going and that's by joining the fat guy forum patreon that you could find at patreon.com slash i use all the funds from the patreon to go for the subscriptions and equipment that are used on the podcast and if you join now you will have the opportunity to To be a part of helping decide the direction of the podcast as we dive into some new topics and try out a few new things, so I look forward to having you on board. Sign up today! Hey there, everybody! Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host Gormy, bringing you once again another dude story that I think is gonna to bring you some inspiration. And you know, I think everyone's story has a purpose for us to hear and we all can learn something so i'm excited to have you sitting down with us once again and joining me as i bring a new guest on the show today's guest his name is adam adam how are you doing i'm doing great how about you i'm doing good i'm doing good i'm glad we're getting to talk man let's get right to it and ask that question so people are waiting for it tell us man what qualifies you to be on the fat guy forum
1: uh well i was uh growing up i was always the uh heavy or fat kid, you know, and uh, come from a family of five sons and everyone in the house, you know, we were all on the bigger side. Uh, So, I mean, like by 12 years old, I was already like 200 pounds. And uh, I remember when I was 16, me and my brother started going to the gym and I got on the scale there and I was 315 pounds and there was not a not a muscle to be seen <laughs> So from 16 to 18, I went from 315 down to 240 pounds of pretty lean muscle uh, and then You know life happens you're working non-stop. I work in roofing and construction and uh, Moved out of town got married settled down a little bit more and uh actually got a back injury. And with the back injury that spiraled, you know, into depression and issues like that. And I ended up ballooning up to uh four hundred and fifty five pounds was my highest. And uh I remember I went to my doctor for a checkup and uh he was telling me that, you know, you're not gonna see next year. You know, at the time I was 29 years old pushing 500 and uh, So I was like, you know, what can we do? And he had said, you know, I would say pills, but they're not gonna do it Uh, Diet and exercise obviously hasn't done it. So what you need to do is see a bariatric surgeon and That's gonna save your life. And so I went and uh, thought about it and didn't really have the support that I needed at home, so I just said, you know what? I'm just not going to do it, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out or I'll muddle through. And then about three months later, it's December 25th, Christmas Day. My, uh, my wife at the time came to me that morning and said, we're pregnant. Just did the test, did a second test. Christmas morning, we're pregnant and then it all hit me like a ton of bricks. I said, there is no way that this kid is going to bury me because I was too fat. So I just said, you know, support be damned. I'm going to have this surgery and I'm going to do what's right by my kid. So I was running, I had my own business, a livestock auction, and I ended up closing it down. And Selling off a bunch of the assets out there and taking my savings and paying for this surgery out-of-pocket because insurance wouldn't cover it and uh, So that was All the way through I actually had my surgery uh, I'm sorry that was Christmas of 18 because I had my surgery April of 2019 and within five months I had already dropped 120 pounds Uh, because I was just in the gym constantly, you know, I went in the mornings at 5 a.m. I went after work, going, doing a physical job during the day, and now I went from 455 pounds to 211 pounds now. So, total loss of 244 pounds, uh, and along the way, after my first six months, I actually talked my father into having the same surgery I did which is the gastric sleeve he was 450 pounds so I outweighed him by like five pounds when we were at our heaviest and he's now lost uh, 150 160 pounds and totally changed his life you know he's 65 he was wearing uh, oxygen cannulas 24 7 and had a uh, walker to help him get around since losing the weight, he's no longer on mandatory oxygen. He uh, no longer uses the walker, a cane, anything like. So I think that qualifies me to be on the show a little bit.
0: So That's a powerful transformation for both of you. And le- so le- let's go back to all of it beginning. Let's go, let's go back into what it was like to, to grow up. You, know, you talked about you know, five boys in the family, all of you on the bigger side. What was it like? like what was eating like at home? Oh, uh,
1: unhealthy to say the least. Uh, my uh, my dad came from a real big family, so he was always used to you know real big meals, and he did all of the cooking. And uh, because he enjoyed it, you know, and mom was like, "Hey, you know, if you enjoy it, you can do it." But I remember, I remember my uncle came and visited us, and while he was there, he still tells the story to this day. And God, it's been twenty something years. He was astounded at the dinner, because it was legitimately about five pounds of spaghetti uh, between noodles and meat and all of that. And then there was probably three trays of, uh, like, cookie trays of garlic bread, the Texas toast size and everything, like, and that was a regular meal for us. Like, we didn't, we didn't decide to make that because the uncle was visiting, that's just... On this certain day of the week, we made that much spaghetti. And that's how pretty much all the meals were.
0: And you talked about when you were in your teen years, you know, that time you got, when you got on the scale of the gym. Was that when you really first became aware that you're like, okay, this is, this is something I should pay attention to? Like, what was that awakening like for you? Well, honestly, uh, and this is kind of funny, I remember
1: my brother, because I'm the youngest of five, So the brother just above me, uh, was, uh, trying to talk me into going to the gym with him because he wanted to lose weight too, and he did a phenomenal job. He lost a hundred pounds in the gym with me, you know? Uh, but I remember he came to me one day because I was just newly 16 with a driver's license. And he's like, you know, on the weekends, we always cruise the main strip in town. You know, it's a small town we're from. And, uh... I remember him saying, Don't you uh don't you wanna get a girlfriend? You know, someone you don't know from school or anything, like the two of us being three hundred pounds, we're not the first option. You know what I mean? So let's let's get in the gym, let's let's get in shape and, you know, knock this thing out of the park. And honestly, when you're sixteen, that's really that's the the key motivator, you know what I mean? But yes, getting on the scale and realizing that I outweighed my older brother, because at his heaviest, he was uh, like 280, 285. And then I step on right after him, being a year and a half younger, and I'm at 315. I was like, what in the hell is going on here? Because as the youngest, it's just ingrained. You know, you just feel like everyone that's older than you is bigger than you. I don't know, maybe that's my thing, but when I look at people... It's almost like I shrink in comparison to them. So getting on that scale, it was like, whoa, that's a wake
0: up. And you attempted to do something, but clearly it didn't really stick. You know, it wasn't correct. So what do you think, what was going, you know, take us into like life as you're seeing the scale continue to go up. Like what is, especially someone like I, I come from a roofing family. So, you know, I, I understand what that work is like, what the labor can be like. What was it like for you kind of being, having to be active, but still seeing the scale continue to grow?
1: Uh, Yeah, that was, that was a big thing. Uh, when I, when I got to be about 24, 24, 25, I actually left the roofing business, the family business, because it was just so damn difficult. Like... you'd you'd be out here, because I'm in Florida, it's hot, it's hot all the time, and, uh, it just, just, you felt like you were dying, the humidity's so high you can't breathe, you're pouring sweat, and then you look over at the guy beside you on the roof that's 115 pounds, and he's, you know, just bouncing all over the place, running and gunning, and he's 20 years your senior, you know, and, uh, So I realized I was uh, not contributing as much as I would expect from a co-worker. So I went to my dad, who was still running the business at the time, and I was like, hey, you know, I hate to do it to you, but I feel like I'm costing the company money at this point because I can't keep up and, you know, having to take breaks when they're not scheduled, stuff like that. So I left the business and went into corrections, And, uh, that's where I got my back injury. And I remember I left the business, I was about, I don't know, 270, 280, something like that. And then, when I was in corrections, I got all the way up to 330, because I remember my last physical, I was 330 there. And then, uh, when I got my back injury, the, uh, company I worked for, I'm not gonna name names, but, uh, they actually shut down, and they were a nationwide company. And it was a uh, series of juvenile halls, you know, uh, young offenders under 20 years old. And so, separating a group fight of 19-year-old men, basically, uh, I ended up getting a bad injury in my back and never could... uh, Never could get it right, you know, it was pressing a disc against my sciatic nerve, so my whole leg would go numb, or... The other alternative was it was just a shooting pain right there at the nerve site. And so I just became less and less active, because sitting still felt better, even though now I know that's the exact opposite. You know, you push through the pain, you stay active, and it can help relieve that. So, the sedentary life began. And uh, that's when you uh, you start finding coping mechanisms. Well, since I was always the fat kid, you know, I knew what would cheer me up, and that was a good meal or bag of chips, like a family-sized bag of chips I'd kill in a half hour watching TV, you know. And so just a series of bad choices after the injury just led me, and I went from 3.30 to about 420 pounds without ever stepping on a scale so in my mind it was like it wasn't happening because I wasn't paying attention enough on purpose you know I'd see a scale and I'd be like nah I'm still like 330 I don't need to get on the scale and then pretty soon you go to step on a scale and it just reads error or it's one with the needle and it just spins to the end and I remember uh Having to go to a uh, pallet scale up there. I went to my doctor, and he sent me to the retirement home because he also did inpatient visits for them. He's like, they have a pallet scale, and I'm going to write you a note so you can go in there and weigh yourself on it. And the embarrassment, I mean, it doesn't... There's no way to describe that feeling. And then... So I was like, okay, I'm going to get under control. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to solve this. And next thing I knew, the next time I had a checkup, we went and weighed in, and I gained another 35 pounds to hit my heaviest. And, you know, I was on a prescribed diet from him with uh, some type of weight loss pill that's supposed to increase metabolism, kill hunger, all of that stuff. So that was my problem. I never ate out of hunger. I ate because I could. And now, since, since making that transition and having the surgery and everything two and a half years ago, my nutritionalist that I was seeing from the bariatric center explained it in perfect terms. You know, I was living to eat, and I needed to reprogram to where food is only meant to keep me alive. You know, you don't have to enjoy every meal. Every meal does not need to be perfect with the right accents and accoutrements. Just what it takes to keep your body going. And so that's... I completely rewired my brain to this point where I do uh, OMAD, one meal a day. And I've got a gastric sleeve, so that's a very small meal. And But it's high protein and all of the stuff like that. And then... I forced myself to go to the gym until I enjoyed it. And now I look forward to going to the gym.
0: So let's, I want to I get into all of that. And I, I do want to go though, because I think there's a lot of people listening that have similar things where, where life changes or you real, like, I, realizing you're getting too big to do the work that you're doing. And I think there's some people out there listening that are probably like, well, that should have been the factor that changed everything. You know that should have been the moment that did that you know seeing 420 on the scale okay that should have been the moment that did it what do you think it was that held you back from making real change until you had the surgery like what was what do you think were the factors that were at play for you like obviously it sounds like food relationship was a big part of it but what do you think allowed you to see those milestones happen and allow that allow it to continue
1: Honestly, it was a it was a combination of depression, like the why bother mentality, coupled with laziness. You know, there's no way to church that up. I was lazy. I didn't I didn't want to go on a walk, you know. I hated going shopping because everything I need is on the other end of the store, you know. Like it was it was purely the depression from seeing those milestones and living them. And then with the back injury, being unemployed, that sets in a whole other dynamic of depression because you're the, you're the man of the house. It's your job to be the breadwinner and take care of things. And now you're laid up in the bed, can't, can't get around, can't do anything. And then so you couple those together along with horrible choices. You know, I don't think there was ever anything healthy in my home for uh, food-wise. So everything that should have been a wake up call just fed into the depression and then with the depression that fed into the why bother mentality. But the the true wake up call was the uh was the pregnancy. Yeah. And
0: what Cuz I I kind of want to get into the the mentality after cuz surgery is a physical tool. So You know, you make the, your your doctor kind of puts the options there out to you and kind of tells you, you know, I think this is something that you should do. And you, you even, you know, you talked about how the first time they put that option out there to you, it wasn't something that you wanted to take. When you made that decision, when that switch flipped for you, what, what changed for you? Because obviously you lost some weight before the surgery, like you were saying, like you had gotten in the gym, like you had started to get into that routine. What what did things feel like when you made that determination that you were actually going to go forward with it? Oh, yeah, Uh, and uh, to clarify that, I I did
1: no gym work pre-surgery, like, uh, recently pre-surgery, you know, back when, in my teenage years and stuff, sure, but uh, the... So, was
0: it your food that you had got, you had made the change with, mostly, like, yes? Okay,
1: okay. Yes, it was the food, uh, the diet, you know, uh, I started just... I was on Google and Facebook, every fad diet, every crash diet, everything. I would look at it and say, okay, I know that that is not a sustainable diet, so I'm going to take a piece of it. And then I'm going to go to this one, take a piece of that, and just build my own, you know. And it was basically cutting out... Like, I would be upset if I had 15 grams of sugar in a day. Like, it was... Massively low-carb, low-sugar, high-protein, lean protein, a lot of turkey, a crap ton of turkey. I kept the turkey industry in business. Uh And, like I said, uh, I made that switch with the diet and uh, got to, uh, I want to say I lost probably 35 pounds, about 35 pounds before my actual surgery date, just with the diet switch up.
0: And so then you had, what was it like having the surgery?
1: Uh, The surgery itself, like, I'll be honest, it scared the life out of me because I've never had surgery before. You know, this was my one and only surgery I've ever had. And so I was terrified of it, but... Knowing the reason why I was doing it made it where it was a no-brainer, you know, as scared as you are Once you're outside the plane, you're still gonna pull the ripcord to get your parachute out, you know so I knew that I was doing it regardless of the fear and uh, It was it was a wild experience. It really was Uh, I remember I went in at four in the morning To be there for my 9 a.m. surgery. Because that's what time they had to have me. And uh, just sitting back there waiting. Constantly waiting. You know, someone would pop in and look in on you. Okay, you're going to be up soon. And then another hour would roll by and your nerves are on you. Like, is this the right call? I mean, they're not even prepared for me. Like, I'm still here waiting in the back. And, uh, but yeah, it uh, it was a wild... Thing The the surgery itself was super easy, went off without a hitch. Uh, Recovery was tedious, to say the least, because they give you a checklist of everything you have to do every day. And I kept that thing like a Bible, you know. Every 15 minutes you take one ounce of water. So I went and got a little one ounce shot glass. And I kept a jug of water right there beside me. So, and my phone would alarm every 15 minutes. I'd take a shot of water. Every 45 minutes, you had to take X amount of steps. So I would fight my way out of the chair and try and make those steps. The whole time, because it's my first and only surgery, I'm thinking, you know, I'm about to rip all my stitches open. You know, just, So it was, uh, it was tedious, but if I had to do it over again, I'd have done it many years before.
0: And so you made – you had – the obviously, the surgery leads to a physical change in terms of what you can eat. What was that like for you? Like, no, because what you had been using food for, you know, it wasn't just you were, were driven by this, like, constant hunger. You know, I've talked to guys on the show before that are dealing with all kinds of issues where, you know, that's where it came from for them. You were You, you were using food in different ways. Like, what – what was eating like for you after the surgery, like, in terms of how it made you feel? Like, what was, where was your head at and all of that? Honestly, uh, directly after the surgery,
1: it, t- it took, I don't know, like, seven or eight weeks before you can actually eat real food. You know, they've got steps, you have a liquid diet, a soft diet, a pureed diet, and so on and so forth until you get the solid foods. So that, that time frame there of waiting to get real food really helped reset my brain to where I wasn't just mindlessly craving a snack at any given time, but also not using it as a coping mechanism, because during that recovery, like I say, I started working out before I was actually cleared to, and I know that's horrible to say, and I'm not advocating anyone ever do that and go against the doctor's orders. But I did, and I gained a, a new motivation, uh, a new drive, a new drive basically, to where what I used food for, for my emotional state, I was getting that and more from the gym, and so that's why I would go to the gym at four, five in the morning. For an hour workout and then an hour and a half of uh, cardio on the on the bicycle or the treadmill and Then I would go in the evenings around five or six at night and do the exact same workout and uh, So basically the the recovery reset that for me like I don't know I wouldn't I wouldn't feel right taking credit for it because it was just I had to find I had to find a new addiction because I couldn't go to food because you physically couldn't. I tried eating a solid food early and it felt like razor blades in your stomach. You just immediately would vomit and it's gone now. And now you're still hungry, but you're in pain now. And in the back of your mind, did I just tear staples? So, so that, the two or three times I attempted to eat the garbage early or even real food early the fear of and the the anger at myself of you know i spent sixteen thousand dollars on this surgery and i'm gonna screw it up because i want some uh, peanut butter crackers or some other garbage like that like it really was a wake-up call like Who spends that kind of money just to, during the recovery phase, you haven't even been a month out of surgery and you're already trying to screw it up, is what was in my mind. So I focused all of that into the gym. Like, as soon as I put that together, I said, you don't spend this kind of money to screw up on purpose. And that's what I felt like I was doing if I was going to go right back to food. And so I would call my nutritionalist at the center there, the bariatric center, because she gave me her private number and was like, anytime you feel like you're going to backslide, you call me. And so when I called her, she's like, you know, it's been two weeks. You shouldn't need to call me right now. I'm like, yeah, but I do. (laughs) And uh, so she was giving me support and uh, also took a uh, stern role, you know, You did not want to disappoint Miss Cheryl. She would, she would give you the gears on that. And so, uh, she helped me a lot with the, with the food aspect, you know, pointing out and re-reminding me and reprimanding me that this whole thing is designed for you to succeed. So, a lot of people don't succeed after surgery. And she kept reminding me it is a tool, it is not a fix. You know, if you're, the way she put it was perfect. Losing weight is the same thing as digging a hole. You can diet and exercise and dig that hole with a shovel. Or you can do surgery and follow our program and dig that hole with a backhoe. At the end of the day, you still have to do the work, but we're giving you a better digging implement. And so, with her talking me through that with the support and then refocusing everything on the gym, that's what reprogrammed me from using food as a coping mechanism, basically.
0: And you, I think you started to get into this already a little bit earlier, but what is your relationship with food like now?
1: Now it is uh, purely the thing I have to eat every so often to stay here, honestly. Uh, I don't I don't care if the food is good or bad taste wise. It's about making sure it's got all the right stuff in it for me, you know, and I still fail at that, you know, I'm not getting all the vegetables, and I'll admit that, uh, I'm not getting, you know, I'm not hitting daily macros or anything like that, but I make sure it's low-carb, low-sugar, low-fat, high-protein, and then I'll do, you know, one, one day a week will just be a free-for-all, you know, and I say a free-for-all, it's a meal the size of the palm of your hand, but it'll be, a slice and a half of pizza, just to reset the uh, mental side of it and reset the body, because my nutritionalist recommended that. But uh, yeah, all uh, and and with the with the surgery and the mentality change, there's a lot of foods I just can't eat anymore. Like, once I had fully recovered, I could no longer eat fried food. And I'm in the South, Mike. That's what we do. <laughs> so but now like even now two and a half years out i can't eat french fries i will immediately become sick i can't eat fried chicken that's that's a that's a hard blow for me uh so a lot of the greasy and fried stuff my body simply will not tolerate anymore so that also is another thing that helps me to where it's like, if I can't physically give in to those vices, it's ridiculous to hold on to the memory of, man, that stuff used to be so good. Let me try again. Oh, up, I'm still sick. But man, it used to be good. Let me try again this week, you know. No, it hurts. Like, physically, it feels like there's knives in your stomach and you're going to throw up. So that, honestly, was the best thing for me. Because I have tested it. That's how I can tell you it hurts and you want to throw up. Because I did test it, and if I didn't have that kind of reaction, I I hate to say I know for certain, but it's a 50-50 shot. I could be pretty close to my heaviest right now if I didn't have those bad reactions to these foods now. But I do, and that changed my mentality, and... With that, I was able to coach my dad through with after his surgery, you know, because everyone can tell you, oh, don't do that. It's going to be bad. But when someone you know and love has done it six months ago and is telling you, you're more apt to believe it rather than test it.
0: And, and what was that like? Like, I'm, I'm curious. I've, there's some other things I want to talk about, but I'm curious that you brought it up, like what was it like talking to your dad about it?
1: Uh, well, honestly, my dad is the greatest man I've ever met. You know, he was always the strongest, the smartest, the, the kindest, happiest person, you know, and huge supportive person to all of us, not just me. Uh, so he went into it with a completely open mind. You know, neither one of us know anyone that had surgery. Uh, Or knew anyone until right before surgery we found out that the doctor that recommended it to me his receptionist Had had uh, lap band surgery, so we talked to her a little bit about it but uh So he went in fully supportive of me and in kind Was immediate to call me, you know, I'm really thinking about doing it son I've got my notepad out and my pen here just start describing, you know, what you're feeling and how it's going. And then when you're able to leave the house and come over, we'll go over all of this stuff and see if it is going to be right for me. And that's what we did. You know, we just made a plan and I would spend a series of afternoons. Just, you know, I'd take a drink of something, uh, something carbonated. I think it was a like a Sprite and immediately regret it. And he'd see that and, you know, how's that feel? You know, what's that? How's that affecting you? And then so it was on his list. Not going to drink soda after the surgery, you know? And it was on my mental list. Never going to drink this crap again. So it was nice having that to bounce off of him and uh, vice versa, you know. We were able to be each other's accountable person.
0: And it sounds like that also, like, it reinforces it for each of you. Like, him being able to see you go through the experience and learn from it, and then also you wanting that experience for him, you know, the success that you were seeing wanting him to have it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And my
1: mother, you know, she's just the same with the support and everything. I can't, I can't be around these two in public anymore, you know? soon as you run into anyone it's you know hey you remember my son Adam oh and by the way he's lost X amount of weight and I'm like no one asked you know but they're they're that away they're that proud and supportive you know so someone will see dad and you know man you look great have you lost weight oh yeah about a hundred hundred and fifty pounds but Adam over here he's he's my role model he's lost this much and so that you know that's always a great feeling like you know you're just beaming over there like a little kid again
0: And so now you've, so as you said, you've lost 244 pounds. So from 455 to 211, that's a big physical transformation. How has your relationship to your body changed through this process? Uh, Honestly, I'd like to say it's
1: all sunshine and rainbows, but, you know, I, I love my body so much more now. It's no longer in pain twenty four seven. My knees don't hurt. Uh, my back doesn't hurt. You know the back injury solved itself with the weight loss, because it was putting so much pressure on the discs that now it's not applying those pressure points. Uh, so the the healthy the healthy side of the body you know I'm thrilled with, uh, and like I say I go to the gym and I work out so I'm in decent shape. To look at you know for like arms and legs and all that but I carried all of my weight on the torso and so uh, you know there's excess skin and loose fat deposits and stuff like that and that is always in my head now two and a half years later if I look in the mirror I see 450 pounds to this day so if you ever go to my Instagram it is nothing But side-by-side comparisons because I can see it in photographs. It's not me being vain. I'm not looking for followers I think I have a hundred hundred and fifty followers if that because I'm not you know And I hate to say you know, I'm not posting all these super inspirational things like everyone else does Because that's that's not how I chose to use Instagram. I use it as a diary to show me That my mentality, what I see when I look at myself, is not what it actually is. So, like I said, I love my body physically, but the imagery of it is still upsetting to me until I can figure out a way to fix that, if that makes sense. Like, I see all these guys, you know, some of your former guests, you know, uh, uh, I'm gonna name drop them. You got uh, John... Arpino and Poro and them, and I followed them and you as well back in 2017 when the conversation of surgery ever came up with a doctor. And I would see y'all's posts, you know, up there uh, shirtless and all that, and I was like, man, I wish I had that confidence, you know? Like, how, how can these guys do it, but I can't? Like, the it was the biggest fear of my life. You know, and uh, so, like, a week or two ago, it just, there was a eureka moment where I didn't feel that shame or anything looking at myself. When I looked in the mirror, I saw what I I see in the photos. So I actually put my uh, first picture on there with no shirt on, and then felt so pumped about that, I think, like, a half hour later, I put another one on, <laughs> like... I was like, man, you know, this this feels good, feels really good not to, not to have that shame. You know, I've lost two people, essentially, you know, two smaller people. But uh, it just made no sense to me. Like, I've got a two-year-old daughter now that thinks I hung the moon. You know, she lights up every time she sees me. And I've got new friends that are the same, you know, super supportive and all that. And like we'd go swimming and they, oh, come on, Adam, take off your shirt. No one cares and all that, you know. And I believe them, but it was me that couldn't let that go. Like I cared. And uh, as of like a week ago, all of that was finally out of my head. And I'm praying to God it don't come back. You know what I mean?
0: But I think that's something that that most people that have gone through a weight loss transformation struggle with. You know, that perspective of not – seeing it because we live in our bodies. So even if, as our you know, your body, in comparison, you know, your body went through a radical transformation relatively quickly. So one, there's some time for your head to catch up. But also, you're so used to have, living, have been living that way that even though you know you're not living that way anymore rationally, you know, you can put it, you can look at the numbers on paper. It's being in that space yourself, I think, takes time to be able to work through what that actually means to you. And, and how you process that. And it's good to have those moments where you can realize, no, wait a minute, I did this. Like, this is, this is not just something that's for a picture. This is something that I, I live and move through every day.
1: Yes. And it just, I, I hate it that it took two and a half years for me to realize that. And like I say, when I, when I look in the mirror, when I look in the mirror, I still see that, but I have now made that connection mentally that that's not what it really is you know so i get i don't i don't really know how to make that make sense i guess but for me it works no
0: i think it and i like think now does, i can
1: feel proud
0: yeah i think it does make sense and i think it's and it you also have that feeling so when you do have those moments where you're back in that original place and that headspace it's you can play that against it now you're like you know that that feeling is being driven by something else, whether it's by circumstance or something that happened that has zero to do with your body, you know, cause often, like you were saying, like the eating, eating and getting to 455 pounds didn't have to do with your body wanting to get to 455 pounds. Like it, it had to do with other issues. It had to do with what you were using food for and why you turned to food and all of those things. I think in the same way, when you go through the transformation, yes, you transform to save your, to save your life, to be there for your daughter, to be healthy you know that all that's happening, but it's still there's still that mindset side that takes time to work on. And, and it's, it's sometimes about giving yourself some grace. And sometimes it's when we give ourselves that grace that we eventually make the breakthroughs because it's not like we're pressuring ourselves 24-7 to make the change. It's more trying to live the life that we're living and be in the space and be in our bodies and appreciate what we're doing and what we've done. And it's, a nice, it's nice to hear you make that connection. And,
1: yeah, you know, uh, I, uh, now and then, I I can't ever stick to a schedule, but, uh, not with my free time, anyway, Uh, so I try to go to a Zoom meeting with a lot of the Instagram community on, it's uh, every Wednesday nights, uh, and I try to go to that a lot, but I remember the last one I was on, they were doing a uh, scenario, you know, like when you get down or down on yourself, how do, you, how do you flip the switch to change your mindset back to happy? And, you know, I had to explain my side when it got to my turn to talk uh, that I've been working on the mental aspect just as hard as the physical aspect of this journey, this transformation. And, you know, I explained to them, because everyone has a really great reason or a, a way to shut out that darkness or sadness and put a brave face on, get a smile on, you know, And because they're making the transformation, so, you know, cheer up, basically. And so I was explaining to them, you know, I'm the exact opposite. I spent so many years as the fat guy. And as the fat guy, you feel like to yourself, whether it's true or not, you feel like your personality is all you have to offer. You know, in a friend group dynamic or anything like that, it's generally the fat guy that's super funny, super happy, easy to talk to, outgoing in that aspect. And, you know, I realized in this transformation that I'm no longer the great big fat guy. So I am allowed to feel these feelings. And so that's, you know, what I was explaining, explaining to those guys and girls was with the mental change I've now taken on, you know, if you're having a bad day, allow it. You know, we're allowed to have bad days. We're allowed to feel angry, sad, happy. You know, that's why we have the spectrum of emotions. We're supposed to use them. And for so many years... To me, it felt like you weren't allowed to because who wants to be around the the depressed fat guy all day kind of thing. And so once I had fully gotten that mentality, that's where I had – I believe that was a portion of the breakthrough on being able to see myself correctly.
0: I think that's a powerful realization. I think that's something – that we don't always acknowledge when people are going through weight loss transformations or making changes, especially people that grew up big and use food as that go-to for emotion. You know, I, I was talking with actually with someone earlier today and one of the things that came up was this idea that, you know, when we started using food as a numbing agent so young, you know, it was the thing to turn to. We were happy, sad, whatever the emotion was, it's almost like you miss some developmental stages when it comes to handling your emotions. So a big part of weight loss transformation is allowing your feelings to be what they are and allowing yourself to live through them instead of having to always find something that will quote-unquote handle that feeling or, or numb that feeling or take it away. You know, it's about finding ways to channel those emotions. And, you know, that's that thing where sometimes you'll see people say, you know, well, you know, yeah, you used to really, you used to turn to food all the time and now you work out a lot. And it's like, well... One of those things was causing harm, and one of those things, and yes, obviously, people there are people that use exercise in negative ways, but for the most part, when you're using it as a positive force in your life, it's contributing to the overall positive development of yourself as an individual. You know, you're finding ways to allow your emotion to be what it is and to face them in ways that are different, and and that's a part of that growth that I think is important for every person you know, that is going through, making that kind of transformation. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. No, it
1: does. It makes perfect sense, honestly. Uh, And along with that, you know, like when you're as big as I was or as big as you used to be, you know, when you're, when you're excessively large, I'll say, there's a lot you physically can't partake in, you can't do. So while you're, like what you're saying, while you're figuring out the emotional side and how to handle all of that stuff, at the same time you're figuring out the physical side. You know, I'm still a I'm still a somewhat young man. You know, I'll be thirty two this year, and it was only in the last year I really started figuring out what what do I enjoy, what what would I enjoy? You know, because there were so many things you just you physically can't do. Uh, like, going, going to a theme park, I remember being 15, and we went to, uh, Six Flags. I couldn't fit on a single ride. And you don't find that out until you've paid the money and made the drive, and you're in there, in front of the line, watching that thing not click on you. (laughs) Because I don't even believe they had the test seats out there back then. And, uh, so now, uh, this last this last March, we had our county fair. I rode every ride there, including the children rides, because I had my daughter with me, and fit. And like, I could be an adrenaline junkie now, you know? Never would have known that before, because you just you couldn't have that opportunity. Uh, I joined a bowling league, and made new friends there. You know, uh, started golfing, you know, there's so many changes that happen besides the number on the scale changing. And that's what is the most shocking to me. You know, sure, I've lost two hundred and forty four pounds. I feel great. And my as far as I'm concerned, I look great. But the the abilities that have changed, the things you can do, the the rationalization in your mind of how to handle different situations now that you're changing how you dealt with the emotional side as well. Those are the things that are more impressive to me
0: than the weight loss. And so Adam, what are the the challenges you would say that you're currently facing? Uh right now uh let me see
1: here. Uh one of the challenges is uh trying to change the way I eat now. You know, like I had switched to doing full OMAD one meal a day, and now I'm trying to cut. Like, I've gotten to this weight, it's been sustained for eight or nine months, no fluctuation, you know, maybe a pound or two up or a pound or two down. Uh, so I'm pretty much at where I feel like is a comfortable baseline, and now I'm trying to cut. So... The the one meal a day is not doing it for the metabolism. You know, you have to start it early in the morning with breakfast. That's why we have breakfast, you know. So the mentality to me is how do I turn off what's worked for two and a half years? You know, how, like, when I turned off my horribly unhealthy eating habits, it was because I physically couldn't do it, you know, after surgery. Now it's trying to switch it up to... How do I how do I talk my body into doing multiple small meals to keep the metabolism going, keep the fuel in me, while not going overboard? And so that is really a struggle I'm seeing right now, because I feel like either I just don't want the multiple meals because the mindset, you know, oh, that's how you start gaining again. And then the other side is, no, I can cease to... St- uh, stats and facts and nutritionalists, you know, that can point out every reason this would help. But it's still that, that fear, I believe, will always be
0: there of the regain. So that's what I'm trying to get through right now. Which I think is a, a real fear. You know, it's a real fear that, that a lot of people live with. So I think that makes a lot of sense. What are the things that you're most excited for coming up for you uh most excited for uh right now
1: i have a goal uh you know i want to go skydiving i really want to go skydiving i've never been on a plane in my life uh so i would love for the first time to be on a plane be jumping out of it uh some of my brothers, some of my brothers and our close friends went skydiving five, six years ago. and the weight limit was 250 pounds. Well I was almost double that. So then a couple other friends went skydiving and I was still over the weight limit. And so I've, I've missed like four or five different trips to go just because I was too damn big. And uh, so, like, that was my my first real goal besides seeing a number on a scale or seeing a change in clothing size, you know. I was thrilled to death when I didn't have to go ever go back to uh, DXL, the big and tall store, because that was an hour and a half drive for me in this small town. And uh, so, I mean, like, those little things are super exciting at the time, but my first... Real thing, you know something that anyone and everyone basically could do that. I simply never could is skydive. I I Feel like You know that is something that's now attainable and it's going to Not be life-changing but pretty darn close. You know a lot of people say it's therapeutic how uh, You feel the range of emotions and adrenaline and all that Uh and then other than that, everything is really centralized on my little girl, my daughter. Uh, you know, I, wanna, I want every milestone with this kid, you know. Right now I'm enjoying the tea party phase. I'm, I'm dying to get to first day of school, you know, so I can stand out there outside the class and ball my eyes out dropping her off. Uh, uh, first, first dance, you know, uh, wedding, dancing with her as the bride, you know. Those are all the actual goals, actual reasons for the change I made. So that's why I say the skydiving thing. You know, it's, it's, it's skydiving. But all the other goals are based on time. You know, they're going to be a ways away. So I'll just grab this fun one and grab onto it, you know.
0: Well, and there are also great things to know that you've earned the opportunity to be there for all of them. So it keeps you focused. Yes. That's awesome, man. So, Adam, one last question for you today. We've, we've, we've spent a, a long time going into your story and, and sharing your experiences, which I really appreciate. I I'm just wanted to ask one more thing, and that's if there's someone out there listening who was Adam before, you know, was in that place of feeling like they tried to make change, it wasn't successful, and they're feeling like they're finding a reason to make change, like what, what advice would you give to that person?
1: Uh, Honestly, my advice would be to just keep trying, you know, everything is a struggle in life, you know, until you had your first job ever, you were super nervous and scared to do it, and then you got that job, you know, so just look at this in the same light, everything you ever did the first time was as scary if not more or as difficult if not more in your mind, so just attack it in the same way, you know, you, you've you got the motivation, you're feeling like it's the right thing to do, and you feel like you're ready for it, just go, ignore everything else, any of the naysayers, you know, there's gonna be people, I lost most of my friends from Adam before, because they just, they didn't, stick around for the ride and or they were you know oh you know it's cool that you lost this weight but you know you're probably not going to lose anymore and you can't you can't get sucked into that stuff so that's why I say ignore it all just block out everything except your start and finish line you know just keep driving towards it is the advice that I wish
0: I had years ago and the advice that I would gladly give anyone else. I like it, man. And Adam, I know you said your Instagram isn't meant to be, you know, you're not looking for hundreds of followers, but if anyone out there listening to your story today does want to connect with you, where can they find you?
1: Uh, It is ogles18, O-G-L-E-S, and then the digits18 on Instagram.
0: And I will definitely put a link to that in today's show notes. Adam, I want to say a big thank you for being willing to come on and share your story openly with everyone. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, yeah. Thank you. I've never done a podcast until tonight. So thank you very much.
0: Well, we get a little bit more to do because I end every episode with five questions for the guests called the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions?
1: Let's find out.
0: Okay, here we go, man. Question number one, Adam, tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Uh, John Candy. He's a good one. He's a good one. Question number two, Adam, tell us, what is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? Uh, Change
1: is always possible. Mm -hmm. Don't, Don't settle for your lot in life because your lot in life is what you make it to be. That's a good one,
0: man. Question number three, Adam, what is one action that a person who wants to get started on their journey can take today? Uh,
1: that can take today. Uh, you can start going for walks. Honestly, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be at a gym. It doesn't have to be in front of an audience. Basically just, you know, walk the block. If you live in town, uh, if you're out in the country like I am, walk the the driveway or the property, you know, just that's an easy, attainable first step because you don't want to
0: start out going in hot because that's how you burn out quick. That's a good one, man. Question number four, Adam, what is something about yourself that you love?
1: At this point, uh, cheesy to say everything, uh, but honestly, what I love is uh, the the drive and the confidence that I have now because I lacked that for
0: 90% of my life up until now. Those are good things, man. Those are really good things. And question number five, Adam, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related?
1: Traveling. I know with... Uh, with covid-19 and everything going on in the world it's a it's a lofty goal but i would love to travel to a different country you know i i have friends that come from this same small town i'm in that she just went to tour most of the uk and uh like just following her photos and posts, you know, online. She was in Ireland, and then the next thing you know, she's in Amsterdam. Then she ended up in Italy and Paris, and it's, you know, that is something that I've always dreamed of doing, but went with the being too big, you know. Am I gonna, am I gonna pay for two seats on an airplane my first airplane trip? Is, is that flight gonna be too long? And cause me swelling or blood clots, you know, so that was never on the table. So that is non-weight fitness
0: goal. That's number one, traveling. I like it, man. I like it a lot. I think that's another one of those things to access that you couldn't access before. Absolutely. Well, Adam, let me just say thank you one more time today. I really appreciate you joining us and sharing your story. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. And like I said, everyone, I'm going to put a link to, to Adam's Instagram in the show notes of this episode if you want to find him. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Gourmet on Twitter at Gourmet You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com, and you can also follow along with everything I'm doing work-wise at theketoroad.com. My friends, thank you for joining us again. Remember, go out there, do something today to amaze yourselves because you are the most amazing people I know. And then, Come on back and catch us on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum.